You're listening to Heart of the Ark podcast from the Office for Evangelization in the Archdiocese of Newark. We're coming to you to bring knowledge and some courage as we voyage through this life as missionary disciples of our Lord Jesus Christ. My name is Jennifer Benke, and I'm co-hosting this podcast with my friend and colleague, Father John Gordon. Hello and welcome to The Heart of the Ark, the podcast from the Office of the Evangelization here in the Archdiocese of Newark. My name is Jennifer Benke. I am the Associate Director of Evangelization, and I am joined today, as I was joined on our very first episode, so this is the season two of Heart of the Ark, we are beginning where we began last year with our good friend, of the Heart of the Ark, Melissa Else, who is the Associate Coordinator for Parish Strategies, mainly working with the Chancellor's Office here at the Archdiocese. So welcome back, Melissa. Thank you. It's it's great to be here. And, and may I offer you a congratulations on the anniversary of the Heart of the Ark? Sure. Uh, Thank you. A year ago. That's, uh, that's wonderful. Thank um, you. So I'm glad to be back. Well, um, we have, it all started from conversation and the idea of bringing conversation to people and having these little conversations in other diverse ways. And you're a large part of that. So our partnership here at the Archdiocese brings me so much joy in my life. So thank you. <laughs> so today, again, we're going to be focusing today on a topic that's really important to everything we do, but especially important to uh, your function here at the Archdiocese, and that is the topic of discernment, um, demystifying discernment from one of our colleagues, uh, who's also been on the podcast, Ann Masters. She said, demystifying discernment. I was thinking, you know, discernment for dummies, because (laughs) I'm here. I'm in the room, so. (laughs) But um, what is, like, let's talk about discernment in terms of what it means as a Catholic, as a gift of the Holy Spirit. We'll go from there. Right. So I, I think that that's a, a great question and, and probably such a, an important question uh, for us in the church today, because we probably hear that word discernment a lot now, uh, particularly in light of the synod. Yes. And, and I think uh, just to, uh, as we begin to think about this or talk about this, that, that there's several different types of discernment. We can have personal discernment, mm-hmm. and then there's also communal discernment. Um, At the root of it, right, there's many things that we do within a personal discernment process that would also unfold and make sense within a communal process as well. But if we're considering the word, something that I like to do is I, when I'm thinking about a word or or defining a word is I always go to Webster, Mm -hmm. right? So I went to Webster and, and Webster said discernment is judging well. But I think in how we want to approach and think about discernment, it's much deeper than simply making a choice or making a good choice or making a decision. Mm-hmm. I think in discernment, there's a certain level of consciousness, a certain level of thought or a process that we enter into. 
uh, that sort of imply this active reflection. And in a way, it's beautiful because this is bringing us back to that original conversation that we had a year mm -hmm. ago, right? We talked about prayer and we talked about spirituality at the time. And we talked about creating a space for silence and reflection and, and listening to the spirit and listening to God's will and moving forward and how we do that, how we create that space in our own lives. So that too is also a significant part of that process for us from a faith perspective, that process of discernment. Yeah. It's at a much deeper level. I really appreciate you saying that, that it's more than just deciding or making an informed decision, that we really take the time to kind of sift through and weigh how the, the Spirit is moving us in these decisions and ask God to accompany us through this process of judging well. As part of the first anniversary, I had a conversation with the composer of our theme song and that's we had a little bit of a conversation about how do you know what parts go in a composition and what parts don't and one of the other conversations I'm going to have is about sung liturgy and how to know what words and what music to put in the community's repertoire so like these are important ideas when we think about you know it can't just be any hymn it's got to be something that really is going to bring a community together and it's worth learning and it's worth teaching and it's worth doing it's it's has to be judged well that it that's worth it's worth the effort so thank you for coming back and kind of tackling this big idea so <laughs> we have discernment in terms of the holy spirit now there's discernment of gifts and we have the gifts of the Holy Spirit, but we also have one of the gifts is a discernment of spirits and that, you know, the, I, I don't want to get into that topic so much, discernment of spirits. We're talking about really the discernment of the gifts and the discernment of the, the, the way forward for either an individual, like discerning their vocation or discerning their their path in the spiritual life and really uh, discerning or discerning our gifts so that we know what we bring to a table when we're called to the work of evangelization for 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 instance you know what who are we and we look really clearly at who we are and what gifts we bring to that work so I think that that's so important and that that's really that crossover right or that intersection between our faith and our our everyday life right right yeah. when when we're either discerning uh, the gifts the gifts and talents that we've received from God or discerning our pathway or our call how is God calling me right now uh, in my life where is he calling me to serve either through uh, work or through ministry or within my my family or within in my community and those are um, uh, important questions it's about a, a deepening of a I think of an understanding of of us and and our place right here and and right now and and you used a, a wonderful couple of words or or a phrase uh, a few moments ago you said sifting through and yeah. I think that that's a, a great uh, sort of description of that discernment process it's that sifting of that 
kind of weighing or judging and, and thinking. And, and I think it's important for us to realize, particularly when we talk about personal discernment, that even in personal discernment, we shouldn't be going through that discernment exercise or process alone. We're discerning that the Spirit uh, is with us. We should be creating that prayerful space or place uh, where we can listen to, to the Spirit and seek that guidance, but also that there are others in our life, right? Other, other voices, other people, and sometimes God speaks through those experiences in our life or other people that we come in contact with and they can help us um, discern. Pope Francis did a wonderful sort of a formation or catechesis. Actually, he started this a year ago, last August. So in his general audience over a period of weeks, he talked about discernment. So I'd like to encourage people if you want to learn more or listen to Pope Francis and his perspectives and thoughts on discernment, you can kind of Google that and pull that up. But discernment in life, he says, really um, presents itself as an exercise or a process, but that we don't do that alone. We do that uh, certainly with God, mm-hmm. hopefully with God, and then uh, with others in, in our life. Absolutely. I know that you and I both have children at about the same age. Mm. And, you know, I know I'm having conversations with my kids. You know, what do you want to be when you grow up? Where what do you think you want to study at school and these kinds of ideas? And I think that it's important for them to have a sounding board, not as a, a pressure situation. But I I also know that, as I said, when we're looking in the mirror, sometimes we don't recognize all of the things that we bring, right? Like we don't see our get all of our gifts. So having someone else to accompany us in this process, yes, the Lord, absolutely. First and foremost, our relationship with Christ and the Holy Spirit and our prayer time, that is 100% the first step. But that second step is to have somebody on the journey with us, right? And, and, and say encouraging or saying, have you ever thought about or sounding boards? That's such a great example. And I was, I was thinking about that with our kid. So my son is going to be a senior. And, and so very much, right, in that discerning, yeah. that is a discerning process. And it's so significant, I think, for our, our youth, um, as well as our, our young adults, even those who've just kind of graduated from college or, or university or a trade school, right? What, what's that next step? And you're so right in that sense of you you want to create that space and have that sense of freedom where we can ask those questions, those those deeper questions, those deeper life questions, and be able to explore that. And, and sometimes having someone else there on the journey, right, walking beside us and, and being able to talk about it. My son and I were about to embark on a little bit of a journey looking at colleges in the next couple of days. So that's exciting, right? So discernment, I think, can be an exciting process, but it can also be, Pope Francis has said, it's hard work. Yeah. It's hard work. But to discern and to do it well, we need to invest that time in that 
in that hard work. Yeah. And I'm encouraged. I heard a, a good homily this past weekend, you know, using that first reading we had from uh, Isaiah about um, the small, still voice, right? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was doing about 47 other things this weekend because I'm always, I'm always on for liturgy. So I was thinking about the psalm already. But uh, yeah, so the small, still voice, you know, is not in the hurricane. It's showing up for that appointment with God as we spoke the last time about having that time where you're present to God so that when the small, still voice comes from him, whether it be in prayer in the time that we've allotted or whether it be in an, uh, this sharing between two people that are able to have these conversations, that we, that we hear the voice of God in those moments, too. Right. Yeah, we we talked the last time about right how how noisy and, yes. and crazy and hectic the world can be, or or daily how you can become so consumed with with daily activity. So so being able to kind of create that little bit of a space, mm-hmm. you know, my my son the other night he he seemed to be pensive in in thought, right, thinking things through. So helping him so that he has that space to think things through, just helping him pose those questions that that he can kind of take to prayer yeah. and and sift through. Yeah. It's that, that process of sifting through. Absolutely. Yeah. And and like I said, sometimes it's it's hard for us as parents to turn off the well you just get it together, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> just get a job, right? But we have to do that. We have to especially I think as moms we're a little more capable of that sometimes than dads but that's not a judgment it's just uh, sometimes we have a little bit more of a let me just listen and and not try to fix Mm -hmm. right so having that time and and establishing that relationship with whomever we are in the on the journey with you know And, and my kids will tell you sometimes I'll be driving them somewhere and I'll be like what do you think I should be when I grow up? <laughs> you know, like, do can, do can this go both ways? Like, can I have some feedback? What you think? Because I don't always know. I'm yeah. not always sure what I want to be. Is you know, am I doing exactly what God wants me to do? I hope so, but I I, I ask for signs a lot sometimes yeah. from my own kids. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Can I share with you a quote, part of a, a reading from uh, Wisdom? Okay, uh, chapter six, verse twelve, which I I I love this. It's it says wisdom is radiant and unfading and she is easily discerned by those who love her and is found by those who seek her so discernment within that context of faith then is is really that process of of seeking and 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 sometimes that that process may take a little bit more time mm-hmm. Um, I, I think in in society today we want we want the quick, yeah. We want the quick and we want the easy and we want the fat the fast answer, and and discernment by nature is almost a little bit of a slowing down, yes, and taking time to really listen, right? Mm-hmm. Listen to listen to the spirit and and be prayerful about it. 
So, so I might, I might not necessarily be discerning. We make decisions and choices every every day, right? right. I'm not necessarily discerning which cereal to have <laughs> for for breakfast in the morning. Although I might be discerning that I want lifestyle choices, right? Maybe I want to have a healthier lifestyle. Maybe I'm discerning that I need to exercise a little bit more right. or eat more fruits and vegetables. I'm always discerning that, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay. like something like that, but but that's a bigger scope, right? right. A much bigger um, perspective. So I uh, very much that that understanding that this is is deeper than just a quick decision. Okay, yeah. Obviously, we've talked about discernment in terms of the relationship, but in terms of well, our personal how we discern where we want to be headed, and a little bit in relationship with our children. But as we think about a little bit broader, like an organization, like a parish or a community, in terms of that process of synodality and discerning where we're going with now that we've we're listening we're we're trying to listen and be open to the spirit as a as a community that communal discernment of like where are we headed now so how do we engage with that yeah so i i think that that's an important for um within our parish communities or or ministries uh to to look at today Again, it, it's not making a decision by vote, right? right? How many yeses do we have in the room? How many no's? And okay, we're good. This is the direction we're going to go. It starts with a prayerful process. And within our parish communities and within our ministries, a particular discipline, prayerful discipline, because we, we need to do that in order to sort of set that stage. Uh, we need also to be within that prayerful process, valuing those moments of silence, again, to put aside all of those distractions that we might have. It means growing together within our, our uh, parish community, our ministry as spiritual leaders, mm. even before we come to the table and say we have to discern uh, what the pathway is that that we're going to take. So there's particular attitudes and values that we want to sort of uphold in in everything that that we do moving forward. And then within the discernment process, um, it's very much it starts uh, from an individual perspective. I, I have to put aside my own personal preferences or ideas about the pathway, my own attitudes. I have to, to seek the spirit and, and be open to that particular guidance from the spirit and then move towards a perspective of seeking the common good. Right. And that that's this that's I think for parish communities and and for ministries that that's a big challenge I think in the world today to seek the the common good not what I want or right. what my desires are but what is the common good for the entire faith community or for all of us together and to go through and and do that in a process of conversation. So sharing and talking about the different pathways, listening 
to one another and weighing both the positives as well as the challenges to the different pathways uh, in front of us as as a community mm-hmm. and continuing to go through that process, right? So if I have an objection to a particular pathway, right? If maybe you suggest, you know, I, I think we should do this over here and I have an objection to that. It's about for us learning or for me learning, how do I articulate my objection? What really Am I objecting to and I am I objecting to the entire idea or is there just a portion of what you've proposed that is troubling and kind of working from there? So it's very much a discernment, a communal discernment. It's very much sort of a back and forth looking at the different pathways or, or strategies or in front of us. And then sort of picking that apart, sifting through it. Right. Uh, to go back to what you said much earlier, sifting through that, really from that faith perspective. And finding out if we differ in perspective, really trying to come to terms with the, what, are, what do we hold in common? What are those values that we have in common? And to start from that place and then work until we come to a place of consensus where even if we choose ultimately to go your pathway what you've articulated i can come to the place and say well that wouldn't have been my choice but i'm a hundred percent behind the pathway that we've we've come to accept that that that's the pathway that the spirit is leading us towards that's that's God's will for our community right now. And that may take some significant time to do that. Absolutely. And especially to keep checking ourselves in that mirror and making sure that the people in this process are representative of all of the voices that we mm-hmm. are asked to welcome, which is everyone. We're, we're asked to go out and make disciples of all nations, meaning all, everyone, everyone's invited. So now how do we how do we do that? And and who's missing at the table currently and, and then why? And those are some of those questions that we had in the beginning synod process. And mm-hmm. and so making sure that like, you know, the perspectives are open to challenge a little bit. And, and you know, because change is hard, right? That's that's that Flannery O'Connor, right? Grace changes us and change is hard. Change mm-hmm. is difficult. We want to avoid change because it's difficult and it doesn't feel good. And But really being open to that transforming power of God to really allow him to change us. I was just talking to a colleague from a parish yesterday and I asked a question and I said, is, is this still a challenge that I see in terms of uh, community accessibility? And, oh yeah, that is. And Oh, I've never thought of it that way, right? Like, but okay. So, what? How do we? How do we get? Make sure that like the simple act of getting through the church doors. Sometimes those doors are heavy. How do we get everyone through those church doors and make sure that the door is really truly open to the whole body of Christ? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
So acknowledging, right, what the both the reality is, but what are what are those obstacles or, or barriers for us as both individuals, mm-hmm. um, but also as as a, a community of believers, a, a family, a faith family. Yeah. So acknowledging that, and that's that hard work. It's it's so much easier, right, just to have one person make the decision, right? right? Or, <laughs> Or um, or it's so much easier for everybody, you know, to take a vote and, oh, well, that that pathway we've got, you know, 55 percent of the people said yes. Well, what about, the, you know, the rest of the people and how are we uh, valuing the other uh, voices in the room? How do we uphold uh, the dignity of of all uh, who are in our our neighborhoods. How do we um, how do we come to that that real place of appreciating the the common good? Right, uh, and that's that discernment process, and it all begins with with you know that practice of communal prayer so i i pray individually but then as as a group when we come together in our parish or or in our ministry we need to be also praying together because then that opens up those avenues of and and possibilities for discernment and consensus moving forward absolutely Absolutely. If you're interested in finding these different ways of spirituality, I'm going to do a little plug for the School of Prayer that Father John and I are offering for the Office for Evangelization. We are offering these seven sessions, one throughout um, the months of September through May, skipping December and March because they're busy times of the year, Advent and Lent. Um, But if you're interested in broadening that, we can give you ideas and tools and tips and tricks in all the different um, spiritual practices that we're accustomed to and that we're able to present on so that uh, you have different avenues for trying out, you know, if you do, if you're, if you're a little stuck, sometimes we have to try new things, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes for people, it's, it's, uh, it might be easier to, to enter into a personal process of prayer or personal you know because communally we gather we pray a lot right we pray at mass all the time yeah but but, what do i gotta do more than that i did it on sunday one hour right (laughs) um and 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 that's it and that's a beautiful thing right that that sort of communal prayer but rather than just praying the written prayer right? right to to come to a place where prayer is really that dialogue and and come to a place where within in that prayer experience where we're valuing that silence or we're we're listening mm-hmm. um it it's a different type of perspective so so particularly as we're working with with councils or different uh, heads of ministry uh, that might be a little bit more more challenging to go off script, right? right. To go off. Here's the uh, we just say in our Father, and then and then and then we move on into the agenda of the meeting. So to set a different type of a prayerful experience that allows us to explore more deeply our ourselves, our relationship with God, an invitation for Christ, right, to enter into our daily activities and. and and uh, what we do in ministry, and then to help guide that group, it, it's a difference. So that that's great. Yeah, I hope I hope you have a lot of people 
Yeah, I hope so. Following up on what you said, the opportunity for those times when people can really speak from the heart because, you know, we, we know when we're having a conversation with someone that they really hurt us when they say, now I know you said this, you know. So when, when we're, we're coming together as a community and there's one person maybe leading the prayer that's not necessarily someone who, gen- it's not father, it's not sister, right? It's somebody else who gets up and, and leads the prayer and says and brings all of our common concerns into that prayer. And I had an experience of this recently in my house. Um, we pray every night before we go to bed and we do say in our father and a hail Mary and a glory be, but then we, we have an intention time for intention as a, as a family. And I got the hiccups and, (laughs) and so I'm usually the one who leads it, but I got the hiccups. So I kind of like was hiccup hiccuping and I pointed and my son picked up the mantle of praying and there was something that we've been praying for as a family and it, it had come through, it had come to, to be and his prayer of thanksgiving for that really touched me more than even me hearing my own voice and it's a thank you like that experience of being on the other side of having someone else pray with us having someone else pray for us and having this communal dialogue where we're praying together and and being changed our hearts are being changed by each other that's a really important aspect of all of this yeah there's there's something so so powerful when you when you gather as a group and and communally uh pray and and i I love uh what you just said about uh, the prayer intentions right to there's nothing wrong with the our father no 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 no, (laughs) absolutely we want to encourage that (laughs) we want to certainly encourage that but but there there's there's something uh beautiful and powerful about praying for each other other's intentions mm-hmm. right um and and hearing as you said different voices not not just that the pastor always prays or the deacon prays or or sister prays but but that there are other voices in that prayer experience i, I think are important for us to listen to I think also in hearing the the other voices an important aspect of that discernment is um, the the vulnerability and the speaking from the heart. Yeah. That sometimes, sometimes we're good about being vulnerable with ourselves or in the personal discernment. It, it, that's maybe a, more of a challenge when, when we come and do a, a communal a discernment. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. To, to put it sort of out there and be vulnerable uh, in that way. Uh, to share stories and and to be a witness, Mm -hmm. right? To be a witness of our faith. Absolutely. I did do a little digging in the Diocese of Cleveland. They had a really cool checklist of different ways in which we could be called to ministry. And they had a, a pretty comprehensive list that I hadn't, I don't think I've ever looked at before. And then, of course, I'm looking at it thinking like, oh, well, of course, you've got the parish council, you've got the Rosary Society. It, like there are ministries in our parishes that speak to these gifts that people have. And I just want I'm going to just quickly list them because maybe you never thought of it as a spiritual gift before. So we don't choose the gifts we receive. God gives us the gifts. Right. But there are gifts like administration 
and artistry and discernment, that's a gift, and evangelism, exhortation, the gift that moves the believer to reach out with Christian love and to presence to the people. There's faith. There's the gift of giving. There's the gift of hospitality and intercession and knowledge and leadership and mercy. Uh, They list music as vocal and instrumental here. So there's two different uh, gifts, pastoring or shepherding, service, uh, skilled crafts that like carpentry or electrical. I left mass last night and one of our uh, altar servers grabbed a stepladder for his dad and held it while the dad went up and changed light bulbs in the in along the side of the church because that's what they do. That is their gift, right? Teaching, obviously our catechists and our teachers, wisdom, as you said in the beginning, and writing. That's a important spiritual gift. And not everybody is gifted in all these ways. And it's okay to be vulnerable and say, I'm not good at that, but I'm, I'm, this is where I, I feel that God is calling me. Maybe you can write for the bulletin. Maybe you could, maybe you could change a light bulb. Maybe you could paint, you know, we need a new artwork for a classroom. Maybe you could do that. Maybe you could do a mural or, or write a new song or a poem or something, anything that we do in love for our community and in glory and praise of our, our creator. I mean, th- that's what we're called to do every day. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I, I love this topic and I think, I think it's so important. And I think within the context of many parish communities, we don't talk about this enough of discerning of gifts. Right. And, and to think about, right, some of the gifts are, it's very apparent, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody, somebody plays the piano and has, like you, Jen, you have a, an amazing voice. Um, I've discerned that's not my <laughs> gift. Um, I can but, teach anybody to sing. Come on. <laughs> but I think that that's, that's so critical, right? It, it's so important for us as parents, encourage our, our children in that way to help them discern uh, their gifts. I, I think it's important within our parish communities to view and to understand that a little while ago, I, I was with Sister Donna. We were in a parish and uh, we were we were giving a workshop. And I think Donna asked the question of the people in the room, like, what are your what are your gifts or what are your your talents going around the room? Not really putting everybody on the spot, but uh, just kind of people we, we were in discussion, conversation one woman uh, sort of raised her hand and she said, well, and and she was an older woman, um, uh, maybe in her late 60s or 70s. And she said, well, you know, I I think God passed me over. And I did. Right. Yeah. She said (gasps) that. And and I was like, oh, God hasn't passed anybody. over." Right. We all have um, amazing gifts. So so how how powerful would that be within our parish communities to help people understand or to know uh, know their gifts? And as I said, sometimes it's it's really uh, oh she's a you know she's a great uh, musician or 
uh, instrumentalist or vocalist, um, but other times it's a little bit more more subtle, mm-hmm. but just as important, yeah. right, to the body of Christ or to to our faith family, right, to to recognize those. For me, it was just so sad to think about, right, that she's lived so many years of her life not appreciating those gifts and nurturing and growing in those gifts and recognizing those gifts as a gift right. uh, from uh, from God. And, and I think when we use those gifts, I, I think about in particular, uh, there's a couple of gifts that, that um, and I haven't always recognized it as a gift, but but in the last 10 or 20 years, when I when I use that gift, right, it just it fills me up. Yeah. And I feel this enormous sense of of joy being able and and that's and that's what I think God wants for each one of us. Right. To use that gift and and to share that in our communities and in service of him. Absolutely. And not just because it happens to be the time that the person can show up and they're giving those gifts because, you know, we had to have an encounter with someone at one point who had signed up because she was hospitality. She could make those hours, but she wasn't the most hospitable person to greet people when we needed she wasn't the person that we needed, but her gifts were better used in a different way. So like making sure that the the, the gifts that the person has going to be a good match for where we're we're utilizing them, but not, not that we're using people, but really making sure that, that, that it's a good match in terms of our ministry choices. Right, right. Yeah, I, th- I think that and that's a very different perspective. Uh, to have either when we're looking to hire, right, hire Mm -hmm. staff, but also with volunteers. It's not just, well, who's available, you know, Wednesday night at seven o'clock, but more thinking about the type of role or the job we're looking to fill and what are those characteristics. And uh, as you said, uh, and, and I remember many years ago, working with somebody and and she was put in as the receptionist right Mm -hmm. and her job was to answer the phone and right and you want somebody to answer the phone and have a nice voice and be welcoming on the phone and you know that kind of customer service uh, type of thing and she hated and she said to me I hate answering the phone (laughs) Oh no! <laughs> you know, and, and but you could you could tell right. how miserable she was she every time she had to like oh. pick a you know, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so she's not not right. That wasn't that wasn't her her gift, right? But she she you know an amazingly uh, a talented a gifted a woman, right? So so we should want to try to help her understand what those gifts are. And then help her use and service those those gifts in some some other way, right? So right. not not answering the phone when she doesn't have the gift of welcome and hospitality, right. doing doing something else, <laughs> right? Absolutely. And you know, like I just want to encourage all of our listeners to think not only about their gifts, but you know, very often we recognize in others the gifts that they don't see in themselves, yes. you know, and or that they, they see in themselves, but they need to be affirmed in like, I was having a conversation with a colleague here today and, and this is not my gift conversation came up 
I, okay, we work in the pastoral office, so we use those words. But like, th- like this is something that I'm not fired up about. And it came up and it was like, okay, I recognize that because I see these are your gifts, right? So I'm going to make sure that I cover those bases so that you can do the thing. And especially for the people out there listening, especially with our pastors, right? They have they have a lot of things that they are asked to do in the vineyard that is not the thing that they necessarily were called to when they decided to go into the seminary. So really recognizing the ways in which we can help support maybe in these administrative things or maybe in in some other the writing or the or the the like the organizing maybe there are things that we can do and and help with and and go to the you know and the pastoral council and offer and volunteer in ways that we didn't think that maybe we were called to Mm. yeah i i think affirming other people in their gifts or recognizing and saying something to somebody else um uh you're right because sometimes you know sometimes we have the 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 blinders on or or you know we're we're not thinking in that particular way but but helping other people um mentoring uh nurturing and and helping them to to grow in their gift um is yeah Yeah. it's a beautiful thing and and we can do that both in our parish community but also in our in our personal lives right i can do that with my with my friends or um you know in my relationships and with my my family my you know my husband my spouse my kids Mm Right, help them. Um, I remember a while ago having a, that conversation with with my son. Right, that that's a gift. Yeah, that you have. Not everybody can do what you do in the way that you do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so to recognize that and and to thank God for that gift and then to use that gift freely. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, because we're here to make the journey a little lighter, right, for all of us, right. So as as we travel together and we go on the road, hopefully leading to eternal life with Jesus Christ, that we are are working together to make the, the journey easier for one another. Mm-hmm. And in that, as we get, we said before, in that common good, right? What is the common good? How are we going? How we're all going to get through this life? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Amen. Well, thank you so much. It's great to be here. I hope I don't have to wait another year. To no, 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 no. <laughs> to come back. Absolutely not. No. I, anniversary edition. That's right. The anniversary edition. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much, Melissa. Melissa else, I will put a, probably put a link to. Is there any other resources for discernment that you re- recommend? Yes. I, I think that there's a, a great little, uh, little book, um, an easy resource. Uh, I think it's on Cardinal Tobin's uh, maybe top 10 list or top 20, uh, 20 books, if I if I could say that. Um, it's it's put out by Liturgical Press, and it's uh, called Discernment, Theology, and Practice, Communal uh, and Personal. And it's a little, little book, as I said, uh, easy read, written by a, a Jesuit, Ladislaw Orsi. Um, would recommend that if you want to learn more about discernment. Also, as I said, a year ago, last August, in his general audience, Pope Francis did a series a number of weeks on discernment, sort of a 
catechesis and formation. They're very quick reads, but but he has a wonderful way of sort of explaining things, giving sort of practical advice and, and relating it to uh, everyday life. So I would encourage people to kind of look that up. Okay. I'll put links to both of those, the discernment book as well as Pope Francis in our show notes. So that hopefully makes it a little easier for people to click on. But uh, thank you again so much. It's great to be here. Let's have a conversation with you. Absolutely. All right. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Heart of the Ark podcast is an initiative by the Office for Evangelization at the Archdiocese of Newark. If you want to find us online, you can find us at rcan.org slash evangelization. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. Very soon we'll be updating our social media for the Heart of the Ark, but you can find us on Fireside Podcasts at Heart of the Ark. Fireside.fm. Our theme song is composed by and orchestrated by Eric Hunter, a dear friend of mine. You can find out more about Eric and his performances and compositions at Eric, E R I C, Hunter, H U N T E R, music.com. This has been a pleasure, and I look forward to hearing from you and speaking with you in the future.